But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WHUTs after further review. After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. After further review, welcomes you to the following previews of teams in the National Football League. Okay, that one was rough. My voice sounds like hell. Sorry, folks. Oh, that's okay, man. Listen to 88.3 WGTs after further review. I'm taking one for the team today. That's right. Congratulations, Frank. You always want team players here in sports. Coming up next, though, we got the Dirty Dirty with Frank, or with David the Man of God Harris here. Divisional previews. Who you got first from the Dirty South of which conference? We're going to stick with the NFC, the home of the Dirty South, the Atlanta, uh, you know, Atlanta, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You, guys, you guys all know. You guys yes. listen to rap. Uh, so we'll go worse the first, as always. And in the basement, we're going to stick right there in the home of the Dirty Dirty, mm-hmm. the Atlanta Falcons. Ooh. I, I, you, you cannot just keep adding pieces to your offense and think that's going to make your offense better. Like, there's only one football to go around. Everyone's waiting for Kyle Pitts to have a breakout season because you drafted him high. He hasn't really looked good. I mean, granted, injuries and everything. You lose Calvin Ridley a couple seasons ago, so as a wide receiving core, you bring in Drake London. Like, all right. But then the majority of the season, you're throwing it to insert create a player here at the wide receiving core. At the running back position, you have... Tyler Algier, who was a late-round stud. Like, he was coming into his own. Obviously, Cordero Patterson, gadget back times 1,000. And everyone's like, all right, Algier can have a breakout season, kind of be the role. And then you draft Brian Dijon Robinson. Overdraft, obviously. We don't need to rehash that because no running back deserves to be in the top 10. Um, unless you actually have good quality. And I think he's just overhyped from the position and the school and, you know, all that stuff. And then you have, on top of all this, Desmond Ritter at quarterback, who we are still not sold on if he's actually good or if he's going to be just a middle-of-the-road journeyman, game manager. There's a lot of questions with this offense. And for me... If you have a lot of questions on offense, that spells trouble. 
because that's easy, that could easily turn into a situation where, and we saw particularly last season, they have all these weapons but can't score. So they're relying on their kicker, Young Way Koo, to keep kicking 40 and 50 and 60 yard field goals. Like that, that's not a recipe for success. Defensively is a whole other story. I, I think the Falcons fans are going to have a tough time watching football this season. Really? So you're saying the arty party is not going to be very fun? I, I'm honestly I wouldn't be surprised if there's not a coaching change because there was already calls for coaching changes last season, and they're like, "Oh no, just give Desmond Ritter time, rookie." Now Algier is really coming to his own. Kind of he's this diamond in the rough that we found in the late rounds. Like putting it all together, but you can only say putting it all we're putting it all together, we're hoping, we're banking, you know, next season will be the season. Like the core like yes, they're all young in terms of your weapons, but if someone gets disgruntled because they're not getting the ball that's going to shake up the locker room. If they're not scoring as much, that's going to shake up the locker room. If everyone's looking at B. John Robinson like, hey, we spent all this money on you, why aren't you producing? That's going to shake up the locker room. But have you seen B. John run? It's preseason. Like, granted, understand, you know, you have to get your reps in, you know. There are a lot of teams, I mean, the Cleveland Browns look great in preseason. Preseason doesn't translate always into regular season six out. And most of the time, the guys that you're playing against in preseason, particularly on the first team, they're not trying to get hurt. Like, they've seen throughout, we've seen throughout this preseason every year, someone gets hurt in a preseason freak injury. Torn meniscus, torn MCL, torn ACL. Like, injuries happen. Like, they're, they're not going as hard in preseason as they're going to be going week one, week two, when you know, they actually get paid, paid. But, like, I hope that I'm wrong. I just, I'm still with the jury's out. There's not, you shouldn't take a running back in the top ten. Unless he's world-class and he wins the Heisman. I agree with you, you on that, David. In fact, I'm of the belief that you don't pay big money to running backs. Yeah, and particularly in this in this particular off season when guys like Saquon Barkley wasn't you know wasn't getting a big big pay paycheck. Dalvin Cook left Minnesota because he wasn't going to get paid. The whole situation with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, like in this off season in particular, running, yeah. And we we talked about this before. Running backs go through the machine. You know, they churn them out three or four years. Boom, on to the next one. But yeah. So we got so them record wise. I have the Falcons going seven and ten. Okay. Because last year you had the Falcons going two and fifteen. And they were better than that. Who were they record? Uh, you got it. I don't have it in front of me. I just uh, know yeah. they were better than two and fifteen. You think? You, you you sure? I'm positive they were. Oh, okay. It didn't look like it most of the season. Yeah, I know a lot of people kind of complained about them. Well, and right, rightfully so. I mean, I, I say rightfully so, but yeah, it's just 
when you watch them, there's this expectation of them being better than what they ended up being. And like I said, they were calling for a coach's head. They were calling for coordinator's head. They were calling for changes. You you had week them at 10, week eleven, right? You had them at two and fifteen. Guess what their record was? Better than two and fifteen. Well, no, great guess, <laughs> but their actual record was seven and ten. So yeah, I've been finishing kind of as they were. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> last year, last season, we'll we'll actually look at the standings that you had. You had the Bucks at fifteen and two, the Saints at eleven and six, Panthers at five and twelve, and the Falcons. At two and fifteen. Okay, so similar, similar order to that, but mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. going to spoil it. All right, who's next? Because oh, okay, right, right in the basement, the team that I predicted to win the season or win the division last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. And this is basically because they don't have Tom Brady and they have Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. They don't. I mean. Baker Mayfield, journeyman, quarterback, really shouldn't even be in the league, but that's a whole other issue about how he gets chances and that guys that are actually you know, decent are left kind of getting roster spots. That whole quarterback situation is just murderer's row. Like, they may, there might be a position week eight to get Tom Brady back. Actually, week four. Like, right. Tom, please come out of retirement. Um, running back situation, not getting any younger. Um, Mike Evans literally has no help in the wide receiving room. Um, that that's reliable, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like he has help there, but yeah. So again, it's going to be another season where they're relying on the defense to really win them games. And yes, you're lucky that you're in a division with a lot of changes. In terms of offensive schemes and young quarterbacks, but you can only rely on your defense for so long. You have to score points. You have to get the ball in the end zone. I just don't trust Baker Mayfield. He, like he was all you know, all bark, a little bit of bite in college, in the pros in Cleveland. Like what? What about Baker Mayfield's career gives you confidence that he will lead Tampa Bay to success? Mm-hmm. I I just can't see it. You don't believe in Baker? I no. No, I I I don't. I think he's one of those quarterbacks that is living off of yesteryear. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. new leaf. Maybe being the guy again and. Away from the, or being the, you know, the, the quarterback that can save us in Cleveland, mm-hmm. maybe getting that fun. But even when he was in LA, mm-hmm. I guess he had that crazy, that crazy game on on in prime time. But like, are you going to live off of that now? Yeah. So I, I have the Buccaneers in the basement. With the Atlanta Falcons at seven and ten, so okay. And last year, you, you got the Buccaneers at fifteen and two. Last year, the Buccaneers actually won the division, which you picked right. They were at eight and nine. 
Yeah, it was that whole division last year was just a train wreck. I mean, it's going to be again this year just because the teams that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also not having Brady, kind of kind of a big important thing because right. guess who's at the twilight of his career? And yes, by the end of the season, we saw like, all right, Tom is ready to retire. Like his body's done, done. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, it, it's it's going to be rough. Going to be rough. Mm-hmm. And as we continue moving up the ladder and then as the north, a team that will surprise a lot of people, and I hope so, the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. I like CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. Or not CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. I think he is, we'll get to CJ Stroud in the next segment when we talk about Houston. Right. Um, but I, I think Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft class. Bryce Young? I, yes, I think he'll end up being the best quarterback in this draft class. Everyone's saying, oh, T.A. Shroud, oh, Anthony Richardson, got the, you know, the super arm strength. We'll get to him next segment. But, yeah, I think Carolina is in a better position than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're young. There's a lot of changes. But I think... I think Carolina is three seasons away from winning this division. Hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. We'll, we'll check back in three years whether that prediction is true. Mm-hmm. But I, I think if everyone stays healthy, I think this year it's about getting the rapport with Bryce Young and the wide receivers. I think Jonathan Mingo is going to be a beast and a draft steal. And it was going to be like, is Old Miss a wide receiver factory now? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they can solidify the running game within the next couple of seasons, yeah. I think Carolina is going to be a fun team to watch. And I have them finishing the season at 8-9. and nine. Uh, How has he looked in preseason? I heard he looked kind of shaky. But I do know it's preseason. But I'm going to disagree with you and say that I think C.J. Stroud will be the best quarterback out of this quarterback class. Um, they say Bryce uh, Young is very small, very, very, very small guy. Can he take? Can he withstand the hits? Is the question. Well, I like it's, it's going to be the thing similar, not similar exactly one to one with Tyler Murray, but I think Bryce, I think Bryce can withstand a little bit more hits. Um, I think he'll use his not super scrambling ability, but he has some ability in the pocket. I think similar similar to um, blanking on the name. Um, similar to Justin Fields, I think playing in conferences where it's basically size, speed, kind of comparable in the SEC. I think that'll help. If you don't compare him to Justin Fields, Justin Fields hasn't won much of anything in the last three seasons that he's played. The last first two seasons he's played. I believe he's only won like five games. Well, in terms of the coming from college to the pro game, I think that transition Mm -hmm. was a little bit smoother. Granted, Justin Fields didn't have any weapons around him, similar how a lot of people feel that Rush Young doesn't. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it'll probably take, like with any rookie quarterback, it's going to take some time. Like, very few rookies are going to come in 
and go guns blazing. Right. Look at last year. Kenny Pickett took a couple of years ago. He was throwing interceptions so much, they brought in Mitch Trubisky, and then he got throwing interceptions. So it was like, all right, let's get this kid. You know, give him a try. And it took about a half, you know, three or four games for him to get his bearings. Mm-hmm. We've seen it even with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, everyone, you know, seventh rounder, it took some time for him to get going. Granted, he had a defense to really do much of the late work for him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to take a good time for him to get adjusted to the game feel, the speed of the league, mm-hmm. just the speed of trying to figure things out. And, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think Bryce is going to do well. He's not going to be a bust. He's not going to be out of the league in four or five seasons. I do hope that, yeah, he can stay healthy. That's going to be the million-dollar thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last season, by the way, the Carolina Panthers finished second at 7-10. So just, yeah, slight, slight improvement, slight upgrade. Mm-hmm. And then that just leaves the team at the top and probably what will go down as the second-worst division mm-hmm. in the NFL. The New Orleans Saints. Hmm. All right. And I was obviously everyone's kind of riding the oh my gosh, Chris Olave is the greatest fine diamond in the rough. He's gotta get the ball. And as much as I talk crap about Derek Carr in Oakland, he's You mean Las like, Vegas. Excuse me, Las Vegas, Oakland. They, Most of his yeah, career was in Oakland, though. Oh, Oakland, yeah. Oakland slash. Las I know Vegas. it's. Yeah, uh, it's. I flipped on it too, so don't feel bad. Yeah, all these name changes. Yeah, it's fine. Las Vegas, Oakland. They'll probably move back to Oakland in a couple of years, anyways. Um, but yeah, I just think I think Derek Carr is an immense upgrade. That's for sure. I think. Having um, Kamara suspended is going to really hurt them at the start of the season. I think once he comes back, and particularly because they have a relatively, I want to say easy, but it's the NFL, every game is tough, easier schedule. So I think the Saints, while not going to blow teams out, I think they're just the best in this division, and they have pieces around them. I still have questions as to some of the personnel decisions, particularly with special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have questions similar to what was happening at the end of the season in Atlanta. How long the Saints coaching, how long of a leash the Saints coaching staff has, because the fans are still annoyed at how the end of last season fared. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I think the Saints win the division. It's going to be nine and eight, and there are going to be a lot of games this season. If you're a Saints fan, where you're like, "All right, let me order some paper bags off Amazon because it's going to look ugly." So you think they're going to look like the eights for for a good chunk of the season? Yes, and I don't want to say it's going to be because. Of the defense, because I think the offense, has, again, has a slight improvement, slight being the operative word, but, yeah, it's 
it's going to be some bad football in the NFC South. Uh, the Saints are just the best of a, best of a bad bunch. So, what do you have the Saints at? Nine and eight. Wow, this is a bad division. Now, the Saints. Well, it's kind of confusing because two through four were tied at seven and ten. Only one team made it to the playoffs. Um, the Buccaneers at eight and nine. But the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons were all seven and ten. So you're just saying the Saints will be the only team that makes it to the playoffs? I, I, because they win the division, yes, yes. But if we could make a rule saying that, like, if your whole division is trash, then you should not be in the playoffs. Like, I would much rather, much rather see a team that didn't win their division but looked competitive versus where we're going to see how the NFC is out. Yeah, this is a pretty pretty bad one. So. Let's go a recap. You got the Saints winning it at what eight nine? Nine and eight. Nine and eight. Okay, followed by the Panthers, right? At eight and nine. At eight and nine. Okay, then the Bucks stops here, and their playoff run stops as well without Brady. And you say they will be seven and ten, right? Yes. And the Falcons will be seven and ten. Yes. Okay. So basically, the Saints go nine and eight. Ooh, bad conference. Interesting well, I one. I mean, though. at least they get a, at least they get a host a home playoff game. Which, I mean, any thoughts? That. Any thoughts, Frank? <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, I pretty much agree with David. Saints probably win the division, not just because I have family in Louisiana, but I think they're probably. Best team in there because Tampa Bay, going from Baker Mayfield to Tom Brady isn't really an upgrade. The Panthers, I think, are at least a couple years away. I like what they've done and built that team up, but they're still kind of young, so it's going to take some time. And as much as I love the Artie Party, I don't see them doing too much. Artie Party is in Arthur Smith, head coach of the Falcons, and who David thinks his ass is in the jackpot. Yeah, it's, if you're if you're a fan of, I don't want to say the Falcons should think about um, moving on from a new ownership group because there have been some calls to kind of think about kind of whether or the Smith should sell the team. It's particularly if they have all these weapons, they have all these high draft picks, and it doesn't produce anything on the field. Do I think that's going to come to fruition? No, just because it's going to take something obviously criminal to force the selling of the team. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not going to look good in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, once again, the, the pick and the Saints go marching in and win uh, this actual division. And also, while we're on the subject of the NFC South, a former NFC South player who's turned coach, mm-hmm. his team is off to a fairly decent start right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be Colorado up seven nothing over TCU. Ooh. Code the, I'm, I'm look. 
I know that Colorado's not going to be good, but look, I want Coach Prime to be successful. Why? Can I ask you why, you guys? I know we're talking about <clears throat> Coach Prime, and we're talking about one of his former teams that he played for. But what's the fascination with Coach Prime? Can I ask you, what's the fascination between him and any different coach? If another coach was taking this over, people wouldn't even be interested in the Colorado Buffaloes. Well, maybe it's because people remember him as a player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Is it, it really? A lot of times, after so many years, you forget about a, a player. I'm starting to realize that as I've gotten older, that guys are getting in second careers as either broadcasters or coaches. People forget about their careers. So I don't think it's about his career. I mean, they show the old stuff, but it seems like he just has a personality that really grabs you. Yeah. But again, I think maybe people will see, can he build a winning culture? I mean, he did it at Jackson State, which... I mean, who, who who knew about Jackson State before Coach Prime to hook there? Probably besides David, but right. But I mean, I mean, he turned them, he made them a winner. And now he's doing it in a Power Five program that's been god awful for since the probably the the uh, Bill McCartney era. Mm-hmm. Uh, say for what? I'm trying to remember who, who was Gary or Gary Barnett, or they had a. They ended up getting to winning the Big 12 one year. Here and after that, it's just been it's been horrible there. So mm-hmm. who knows? Hope, well, I'm hoping he does well, but I think it's going to be rough for him. Right. All right. Well, we'll see. But we talk a little bit of college football. We'll be talking about that a little bit later. Yeah. Coming up next, we're going to the AFC South. That dirty, dirty. What you got a little preview for us, David? The Texans at the top again. Find out on the flip side. I can so you th- possibly I can a worst to first. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see when we come back. Mm-hmm. Good tease there. You're listening to eighty-eight point three tease. After further review, make sure you check us out on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Picture of Frank bashing the horse's head. Upload the new episodes. It'll go straight to your phone and you can listen to us. That Chris um, Friday Night Victors. Chris Schultz. Yeah, preview. Got 25 listens already. Well, hey, that's good to hear. I know a lot, I know a lot of people tuned in to listen into that one. So, Oh, you did? Yep. Also, Greg Saylor tuning in right now. Sister Coach Blissfield. I'll have a little mention about them coming up later, Greg. Right. And he said, Happy Labor Day. Oh, thank you, Greg. All right, we'll take a quick commercial break. You listen to 88.3 WCTs. After further review, we'll be back with another AFC South Divisional Preview. <laughs> 